Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm a leader at Catch the Fire Scarborough, and this session is Dreams, Visions, and Prophecy. So if you have your uh, student book and you would like to fill in all the blanks, I have them here right now. I find it easier if we fill in all the blanks at the beginning and then we can sort of more concentrate as we go along. Um, so I'm going to tell a story about prophecy. I remember one time I was on a short-term mission trip in England and we were at a church and we were prophesying over their leaders and elders. And I had a picture of this couple that I was prophesying over in a blue convertible sports car and Jesus was driving the car and so I shared the picture with them and I said you know I really feel that this means that uh, Jesus wants to drive your ministry and that you're along for the ride and you know he wants to encourage you with that anyway so after we had finished prophesying they came over to me and they said oh we have been uh we don't have a car anymore and we've been believing for a car and it's blue and we're so excited that you saw a blue car for us and i laughed because i got the picture right but the interpretation was completely wrong <laughs> but they didn't care you know uh, they were encouraged by the prophecy and i was encouraged that i saw it right and that's what prophecy is all about encouragement so uh, our verse here is Hebrews 1, 1 to 2. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. So what this is saying is, in the past, we thought that only special people could hear from God. Oh, Amanda's special, she can hear from God. But that's not the case. The case is that God speaks to us, every one of us. And he speaks in all these different ways. He speaks through scripture, through the still small voice of God, through the audible voice of God. He speaks through impressions where you just know it. He speaks through dreams and visions and pictures. He speaks through angelic encounters and a physical sense in your body. He speaks through flashbacks and nature and music and actions and friends. You know, he speaks in so many other ways as well. And, you know, in the um, student manual, you can go and look these up and read more about them. Or even better, you can look it up in a concordance or you can just go Google it. There's lots of answers on Google. Just be careful what websites you read. But uh, there's lots of ways to find out how can God speak to us and the many different ways God can speak with us. Um, and today we're going to focus on dreams, visions, and prophecy. So uh, I used to live in Japan. I lived in Japan for seven years. And I remember one year when I was there, I decided I was going to write down all my dreams. Um, and so I kept my journal by my bed. And you know, if I woke up in the middle of the night, I would write down whatever dream I remembered. And can I tell you, wow, I started remembering a lot of dreams, maybe four dreams a night, you know, whereas before I would remember maybe one dream a week or two dreams a week, maybe, or maybe less, but like four dreams a night. And uh, the other thing I want to tell you is that I'm a teacher, an elementary school teacher. And can I tell you that 95% of my dreams were about school. 
And in my dreams, my students would not listen to me. Now, in real life, they usually listen. I mean, sometimes they don't, but mostly my students listen. But in my dreams, they never listen to me. And after a while, I was like, God, I'm tired of dreams about school where my students don't listen to me. I want to dream something else. <laughs> So then I decided I would just write down the dreams I remembered in the morning. Um, and so if you want dreams, God will give dreams. And that is one way he speaks to us. So we can just ask God, God, would you give me a dream? And we can write down our dreams. Nowadays, I don't write them down. I record them on my voice memo on my phone, which is so much better. Um, so even if I do wake up in the middle of the night, it's so fast. I just record it, you know, and then in the morning I might write it down. And then we're going to ask God for the interpretation because you see Jesus like teaching in parables. And that hasn't changed in 2,000 years. He still likes teaching us in parables, and they can come in dreams. Dreams often have sort of symbolic meaning or hidden meaning, and we can ask God, what does it mean? And then we can write down what we think it means. And then we repeat numbers one to four because we get better with practice, you know, and we can ask a friend to help and we can share the dreams and interpretations with our leaders and see what they think. Um, so still, I dream a lot about school. I must just be a teacher at heart. I can't get it even out of my dreams. Um, but I do remember this last year. I had this one dream and I went to visit a princess who lived in a university library and uh, she made the library very beautiful and she had been instrumental in setting things up. And she was very kind. Like, I can't even describe how kind she was. And she just carried herself with grace. And she offered me a chair, but it looked too fancy for me. So I sat in this like less fancy chair and she brought over like a chair cover because she assumed that if I sat in that chair, I would want a pretty thing there. Um, and she was just so classy. And I, when I woke up, I knew that God had been showing me how he saw me. And I was very impacted by that dream. And I keep remembering it, that I was a princess in a library, that I'm called to learning and books and how God sees me as somebody with influence you know, it was a little bit easier to interpret than perhaps some of my other dreams. And so I just encourage you, write down your dreams and ask God for the interpretation because um, it's exciting and fun sometimes and sometimes not, you know. Uh, sometimes I don't know the meaning of dreams, but I have to say that now I have friends who will send me their dreams and I find it so much easier to interpret my friends' dreams than my dreams. Um, and then sometimes they interpret mine. One time my dad had a dream about a piece of wood that was talking to him. And uh, one of the men in the church told him, oh, that makes sense because at that point my dad was waiting for a board to make a decision. And in the dream, this piece of wood was a board that was giving him the decision. That's the kind of thing God does in dreams. Next, we have visions. So there's two kinds of visions. The first is open visions where like, it's like you're seeing it in front of you like a movie full out. I have never had an open vision. I do have a friend who had an open vision. He was sitting at camp and um, in the corner of the room, in the top corner of the room, this bright light started shining. 
and he started bowing down to it. And that was his vision, his open vision. Now, I mostly have the second kind of visions. Well, I only have the second kind of visions that are in your mind's eye. And so these visions, we can ask God for, God, would you show me a vision in my mind's eye? And so we can just set aside time and we can say, God, you know, I'd like to like have a vision with you now. And then we're going to write them down. So I have a friend who uh, she always asks God for visions of heaven. And uh, sometimes she asks God for visions with other people. And so this one day she and her dad asked God for a vision together. And he took them to a time when Jesus was alive on earth and Jesus was talking to a crowd of people. And they both saw the same thing and they were so excited and encouraged by this. And my friend said she knew that it was real because all the people's teeth were yellow and they had the whitest teeth in the crowd and people were kind of looking at them weird because they looked so different. And it was that unexpected thing that she would never think of that everyone else had yellow teeth that of course they didn't have as good dentists in those days that let her know this was really a vision from God. And I find that too. Like sometimes when I'm like, asking God for visions or prophecy, and I'm getting something like a picture or an idea, I think, this is me. I'm completely making this up. This is not God. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my head. And then something surprising happens. And I think, oh, this isn't me. This is God. <laughs> One time I remember, uh, because my friend had encouraged me to ask God for visions of heaven. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. And so I asked God, God, you know, my friend says that I can see visions of heaven. So would you show me heaven? And I was kind of walking down this hallway with Jesus and we walked into this room and the room was like covered in green plants. It, that's wrong. The room was made of green plants. Like there were no walls. I mean, there were walls, but it was all green plants. Like it was just like an alive room. And in the middle of the room was this big table, like um, a drafting table, like architects use. And I looked around and I saw all this green, all these green plants. And I saw the architect's drawing table. And I asked Jesus, is this where you planned creation? And he said, no, this is where I planned you. <laughs> and then I knew that vision was from God because I would never, never, never think of that on my own, that God was going to take me to the room in heaven where he planned me. It was kind of cool. I, I kind of wonder, like, how much drawing did he do on that drafting table? And like, did he draw my blue eyes? And, you know, did he draw me shorter than everyone else in my family? You know, like, is that what he did? <laughs> so I do encourage you, like, God wants to give us visions. And so we can ask God to show us visions. And sometimes if it's kind of hard to start, I kind of start myself. Like I picture myself walking beside Jesus, like on a beach or up a hill. And then maybe I ask him a question and wait to hear what he says back. Because maybe once I've sort of started, it's easier to get going. So uh, yeah, and then I write it down and I share it with leaders and friends and my prayer partner and see what they think about it. Okay, next is prophecy. 
So my friend uh, was teaching the Sunday school children at his church how to prophesy. And they were getting pictures and sharing the pictures. And so the little boy who was prophesying over my friend, and now he taught him to prophesy, said, all I see are two numbers, six and 15. And um, my friend, he was supposed to be home for dinner, home from work at 615. But he had been getting home quite late the last two weeks. And God was telling him to get home on time through this little boy that he had taught to prophesy. <laughs> So prophecy, it can be a lot of fun, and often it is a lot of fun. In 1 Corinthians 14, 31, it says, For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. So this is saying, you know, before, maybe we thought, oh, like, um, prophecy is only done by, like, big-name prophets, like super important people you know, uh, and not me, but that's not true. Like we can all prophesy, this says, for you can all prophesy, you know, and in the Greek here, all means all. <laughs> so, so we can all prophesy. Um, and that means that we can ask God, you know, God, would you give me a word for a friend? And, and we can do that. So the first thing we're going to do to prophesy is we're going to ask God for a word or a picture. And, you know, when I'm asking, I sort of get an impression or an inner knowing. I know it. But some people see things. They see pictures all the time. And some people hear things. And some people, like, smell things or, or feel things. Like, God uses a lot of our senses. So, you know, we ask him for a word or a picture or a sense or a smell or a feeling. And then we speak it out, whatever comes to our mind. And again, Remember, we always think we're making it up. So I feel it's just best to say it out. And then some another trick is it might help to do it quickly, like to speak quickly um, so that you don't think too much. Because when we think too much, then we think, oh, no, that's not right. But if we just speak it out quickly, sometimes also once we start, it flows easier if we uh, do it quickly. Okay, so we have some guidelines for prophecy in the church. So the church, the church uses prophecy to bless and encourage. So we're going to speak out words of blessing and words of encouragement, and they're going to be in line with scripture. In fact, sometimes if I can't, if I'm not really getting anything, I just speak out a scripture over someone. Okay, like an encouraging scripture, you know, not like, and Samson killed more Philistines in death than he did in life. Not that kind of scripture, you know, the kind that says, you know, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Or uh, I can see that you're a highly favored son in the house of God, you know, like a, an encouraging scripture we're going to share. <laughs> And we're just going to speak normally. Sometimes people think prophecy should be very formal, sort of like King James prophecy, and thus saith the Lord, thou shalt be a pastor in thy later years. You know, not like that. You know, we can just say, oh, I think God's calling you to be a pastor, and maybe that's the second career for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I probably wouldn't say later years, maybe second career. <laughs> and then we're also going to test the prophecy. That means we're going to see, is it in line with scripture? Um, do we sense the Holy Spirit on it? Do um, the people, the other Christians around us sense the Holy Spirit on it? So I often pray at the end of scripture, dear God, 
please bless this person with this prophecy. And if it's not from you, may they not remember it. May it fall to the ground. And if it is of you, may you seal it in their heart. And that way, I just trust that if it wasn't of God, it'll just fall away, you know. Uh, and if it was of God, that they'll be blessed by it. So there's very few sort of rules in, in our church, in the church. But these ones are actual rules if you're going to give someone a word. So the first rule is we don't give anyone correction or direction. Uh, God says you will move to Brazil and open an orphanage. We don't do that. <laughs> so we might say, oh, I feel there's an anointing on your life to, you know, pray for orphans and maybe, you know, um, prayer for Brazil, uh, like that, right? So we can sort of say what we're feeling without giving direction or correction. So sometimes God will show us um, negative things about a person. Uh, but we're not going to speak out the negative words. We're going to turn it around and speak out the positive. So if God tells us that this person is lonely, then we're going to pray, I see that God is always with you. He will never leave you or forsake you, you know. And sometimes God just shows us things, so we'll pray about it, you know. Um, Maybe God shows you an addiction in the person's life, and that's just for us to pray about, not for us to confront them with. Um, and we may say, you know, with God, all things are possible. And, you know, um, no matter what we've done, God loves us, right? So we're going to speak it out positively. Uh, and another rule is we do not give dates, mates, babies, or genders of babies. So that's a pretty... Um, strict rule in the church. And if you feel God's speaking that, then you probably want to share that with your pastor and then let your pastor do whatever um, they think is appropriate with that word. So we do not speak out dates, mates, babies, or genders of babies. And can I just tell you personally, how many times people have prophesied over me that I'm going to be married. And so uh, I went to the States to do a um, training and then people prophesied I'd get married in the states and then I went to Japan to be a missionary and the people prophesied I was gonna get married in Japan and so um, I have personally experienced what it's like to have people prophesy mates over you and um, yeah it's not so fun so uh, I appreciate it when people just keep that word to themselves and they can pray for me I am 100% okay if you pray for a mate for me I'm just not okay if you prophesy it over me thank you very much <laughs> And then the last thing is, we're not going to give up if we make a mistake, because I have some good news for you. You will make mistakes. I know, maybe that doesn't sound like good news, but it really is good news because we learn from our mistakes. And really, especially when we make big mistakes, we remember not to do that again. So um, this one time I was praying over a lady who was really heartbroken, and God showed me this really funny picture, and I laughed. And the person I was praying with is like, Amanda, why are you laughing? Like, she's in deep hurt, and she thinks you're laughing at her. I'm like, oh, no. That was not a good thing to do. And then I remembered, no matter what God is showing me, I'm still going to pay attention to the person and what's going on with them, right? So I'm able to control and maybe keep things inside if they're not appropriate. So it's okay to make mistakes, you know, and we're not going to give up. We're just going to keep going. And in our church, we try to create an atmosphere where it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to try things. Um, and it's okay, you know, to do well even because the more you practice, the better you get. 
And so I just really want to encourage you, you know, if you haven't been in the habit of asking God to talk with you through your dreams, through visions, and through prophecy, ask him and start writing them down because it can be so, so fun. I remember one time God gave me a word that I was to go to my elementary school I was to write a letter to my grade four teacher who did not believe in Jesus. And I was to go to my elementary school to get his address because he had been retired for years. Uh, but the um, our school had one of his books that he'd written and the publishers would have his address. My plan was to write to the publishers. So I went to the school in the middle of the summer and the door was open. I didn't have to ring the doorbell because I knew the caretaker would be there. And so I went in and I heard voices from the staff room and I went into the staff room and my grade four teacher was visiting the caretaker that day. And I said, oh, Mr. Williams, I have a letter for you. And I didn't use the word prophecy, but it was uh, full of things that God had asked me to say to him. Um, and so we wrote back and forth for uh, probably three or four letters each about Jesus and about whether he was real or not. Um, and so it can be very exciting when God speaks to us through dreams and visions and prophecy and through many ways. I just encourage you, set aside time and ask God for those. So we're going to pray right now. Um, and I'm just going to bless you with uh, dreams and visions and prophecies. So here we go. Oh, Father God, you are so great and so fun and so exciting and so encouraging and kind. And um, we just thank you that you want to speak to us through many different ways. And you love speaking to us through dreams. And you love using that symbolic language that we have to wrestle with, with and find the meaning and just how much deeper it goes when we've wrestled with it. And we thank you for vision, that you want to give us visions, that we see what you're showing us, and we hear what you're saying, and we feel what you're feeling. And we thank you that you want to give us words of prophecy, that we can encourage people and lift them up. And so in Jesus' name, I bless you with the gifts of dreams and visions and prophecy. May you receive many dreams from God that have many uh, deep meanings for yourself and for others. May you see things that have happened and that are going to happen. May you be encouraged by it. May you bless others with it as well. May you receive interpretation of dreams in Jesus' name, of your own dreams, of other dreams. May you receive interpretation like Joseph did, that you will know what God is saying to people, that you'll receive words for yourselves, for cities, and for nations through your dreams. And I bless you to receive visions, uh, visions like John had in the Bible, visions like Peter had in the Bible. I bless you to see heaven. I bless you to see what God's speaking to you and others. I bless you to see what God is doing and what he's going to do. I bless you to hear what he's saying, to smell the fragrance of heaven, to feel his hand on your shoulder, his hand on your head. I bless you to have open visions where you see openly what God is doing. 
And I bless you to receive words of prophecy and the gift of prophecy in Jesus' name. I bless you to hear what God is saying for other people, for churches, for cities, for nations. I bless you to hear what God is saying for yourself. I bless you to just bubble out, words just bubble out for people that they would receive exactly the answers that they've been asking God, that you would use the exact words that they use when they pray, that you would give people answers that they've been asking for in prayer, that you would so bless people with their talents, with their um, abilities, with what God's going to do in their life, that they would receive blessing through your words. I bless you to receive all of these. And I bless you to bless others, that the church would grow through what you're doing, that the church would mature through your words and what you hear and see God doing, that you would receive uh, pictures, that you would receive words, that you would receive so many things that the church needs. I bless you to be what the church needs in this day, in this hour, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> May God bless you.